It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live and so blessed to be hosting today's program and so blessed that you're tuned in to today's program. I am Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And Calvary Live, of course, is a program where you, the listener, call in and ask questions on air. You can ask questions about the Bible or Christian living, or if you got prayer requests, and I am here ready to take your calls. As you just heard the number, the number to call to be on the program is 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines, and let's go to the Word of God together, and let's go to Him as we give Him our prayers, our requests, our supplications. And I'm really looking forward to what the Lord has for us uh, for this hour. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, up into southern Wyoming. We have a beautiful day today and a beautiful week, this week of Thanksgiving. And I want to also welcome all the Hope FM listeners on the East Coast. You too get to call in at this number, 303-690-3000. I would invite you to give us a call. It is a week delayed, the program, but the neat thing is you get to call in, be on air, and then you get to listen to it next week. And so give us a call. And also the online listeners that listen all around the country, you too can call in and be a part of the show. There is a means for you to be able to text in a question. It's a text line only, and that is 720-336-0897. So I I would encourage you, if you got a question, grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000, and let's see what the Lord has for us today. Uh, It is the week of Thanksgiving, and uh, I just want to read the psalm of Thanksgiving to you as we begin the program. And the psalm reads that, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. This is Psalm 100. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. And one of the things that I like to do um, as we are in this season of Thanksgiving is you call in to be able to ask you what you're thankful for. And and as we do um, ponder about um, how good the Lord has been and how we declare his marvelous works, and to really be thankful, and especially for us as Christians, even if we're going through difficult times and a hard season and through loss, we can be thankful because we have the Lord and his promises and we have the hope of heaven, and there are things that we can be thankful for. So uh, for me, I am so thankful for so many things. I'm thankful for Grace FM and this program to be able to host it, and all those who call in, also from Hope FM on the East Coast and online listeners. Uh, I'm very, uh, very blessed to be able to be a part of this wonderful work that God is doing. I'm also just very thankful for the brethren uh, here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. You know, yesterday uh, we finished up uh, as being the collection place for all the Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes. We've been doing that for years. Thousands of shoe boxes coming in, 
and all handled with love and with care as they're unloaded from the cars and trucks and trailers. And uh, what a blessing to be a part of that. And then yesterday we gave many food baskets away to those who are in needs. And it's just a blessing to watch those who are giving during this holiday season of Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll do the same thing for Christmas. And uh, I'm so uh, privileged to pastor this church and I'm very thankful for my family and what God is doing. So I might ask you what you're thankful for as you call in, um, just to uh, bless everyone and give a testimony of God's goodness. So give us a call at 303-690-3000. Let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. Let's go to David in Strasburg. David? Yes, sir. How are you today? Good. You doing okay? I'm doing great. That's good. I had a question as far as my sister-in-law. She's kind of one. I think she's non-denomination, but uh-huh. uh, she's. We're trying to convince her as far as the, uh, the the pre-rapture of the church. You know, would be you know God's people that He comes back and He He will take His people that He will not let you know His people. Uh, go through tribulations, and right. you know she's sending you know her stuff and saying now we're in that we're not going to be you know it, God's done came back and the next time he comes back he is when okay. he's is after tribulations period right and so mm-hmm. you know I, which I don't believe that at all and we're trying to reach out to you to ask you if you could kind of help us point sure. her towards. Uh, some scriptures that, you know, prove that mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. So does she believe we're in the tribulation period? No. 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 Okay. Because more and more that I'm, I'm hearing that um, or saying that we are in the tribulation period, but just for the sake of the listeners, um, when it comes to the rapture of the church, Paul talks about that in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, verses 16 and 17. And he talks about a time when a generation of Christians are going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. And that word caught up is the Greek word hapazo, where we get the Latin word rapturus, where we get the English word rapture. So Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15 how it will happen in the twinkling of an eye uh, that will be changed. And so we have that promise. It's called the blessed hope, as Paul is writing to Titus. I personally believe and have taught here at Calvary Chapels, as most Calvary Chapel pastors teach, that uh, uh, that the rapture is going to take place before the tribulation period. Uh, that's called the pre-tribulation. There are those who believe in uh, the tr- rapture will happen in the middle of the tribulation period. There are those who hold to the post-tribulation, and I think that's what you're telling me. Uh, your your relative is is got that point of view. I've studied the scripture, and I'm going to give you Revelation chapter three, verse ten. And do you have your radio on? No, sir. Okay. Anyway, I'm just getting a little feedback. Maybe it's it's something on my end. But in Revelation chapter three, verse ten. There's a promise that's given to the church. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, 
which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. So here the promise is given that the Lord says, this is Jesus, his word saying, I'm going to keep you out of and away from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. There's only one time that uh, there's going to be trial, tribulation, uh, that will come upon the whole world, and that is the tribulation period. And here is a very specific promise that is given that I'm going to keep you out of the hour of tribulation. Not that I'm going to take you through it, but I'm going to take you out of the hour of tribulation. So that is one of the verses that I like to um, to turn to and to make reference to. Uh, also, Jesus in Matthew 24 in Luke's uh, his gospel as well. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to read it from Luke that Jesus he gives that teaching of imminent return that he could come back at any time. In Luke chapter 12, I believe. And I'm going to turn there. As he says this, that know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Matthew records the same thing in Matthew chapter 24. And so, um, you know, there's that, doctrine of imminent return that we see all throughout the New Testament, that Jesus says that you be watching, that you be waiting. I'm coming at a time and an hour that you do not know. For me, that does not fit into the mid-tribulation position or the post-tribulation position. And what Jesus is saying is that you be watching and waiting because I can come at any time. So those are the two main verses that I like to use that uh, uh, to for the pre-tribulation rapture. There's some others that we can go into uh, that we can spend some time on. Uh, yeah. We know we we could go into, um, but those are the main things to start to show her um, it, it, that the Lord can come back at any time. Yes, and that's why me and my wife is, you know, we had pointed her toward, you know, the Thessalonians and, you know, First Thessalonians and then the Revelations 3 as well. And that's what we was trying to, but, you know, she's still kind of being stubborn towards that as far as, but I mean. I'm trying to say that the church was the old Romans. It was the old Romans way that. I don't, I don't understand her beliefs because she's supposed to be non-denominational, but yet, I mean, I don't understand exactly where she's going with the old Roman Catholic way. She thinks that it came from um, the Romans and the Catholics and that they've changed service. Service was supposed to be on Saturdays and not Sundays and that God already came back when he came upon the earth when he was born and that he's going to continue. He will come back, but we will go through trials and tribulations. We will go through it is, is the way that they're making her believe. And I tell her she's confused and that she needs to get back to reading, you know, the King James version of the Bible. And she gets, she gets mad at me. She really does. Yeah. And, that's my um, wife Penny talking. And yeah. She, that, <laughs> Hi Penny, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, sir. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. 
But, but that's just, I mean, I don't know. She's never, we were, we wasn't raised. We were raised more yeah. Baptist. I mean, we was from North Carolina. Right. And, okay. you know, we went to church down there. And she's gotten into going to this non-denominational church on Saturdays, which, you know, is great. Just as long as you're in church and you believe in Christ, you know, I think that it's great. But on the other side of it, you know, when she's trying to basically tell me that this stuff is, you know, I need to read, I need to do my history on the Bible and this and this and this. And I'm like, well, this is the way I believe. And this is the way I'm going to believe and you're not going to change it. So I don't know what to do to help her to see it other than that's what I told him. I'm like, we're going to have to call Grace FM and and see. I said, because (laughs) I just, I don't get her way of thinking. Yeah. And Penny, one of the things to um, remember, you know, it's kind of interesting listening to you because it sounds more like a seven-day Adventist um, kind of theology to worship on uh, the... uh, Sabbath day on Saturday, uh, you know, different things, maybe mixed in with a little bit of replacement theology. Uh, the church replaces Israel. Uh, maybe a preterist view, I'm not sure. It sounds like she's kind of all over the place. A preterist view is that Jesus, um, all the f- prophecies were fulfilled, and then, um, you know, all we're waiting for is the Lord to come back to establish his kingdom. So there's a lot that's out there, a lot of confusion, and I would just simply have her read the Bible. This is what the Bible says, and that Jesus said that when he comes back, and and what is interesting, those who say, well, Jesus already came back, Jesus made it very, very clear that when he comes back, it will be like lightning flashing from Mm -hmm. the east to the west. He said, every eye shall see him. What what more is there to, to understand on that? Well, see, she understands that too, but that's what I'm saying. She's saying that there's, that there's like the next time that he comes back is, you know, it's going to be, we're going to stay here. And I said, no, that's one of the promises because you hear about these people like saving up food and they do these cellars and they're putting water in there and everything else. And we have friends that do it, honest to God. And we look at them and we're going, why are y'all doing this? And they're saying, well, "Well, because we're going to go through trials and tribulations. And I'm like, well, y'all might, but I ain't. (laughs) You know, I (laughs) try to, you know, explain to them, no, if you're right with God, you won't be having to go through these trials and tribulations. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I know people that are very, very intelligent in the Scripture that come to the conclusion that we're going to go through the tribulation period. They're brothers and sisters in the Lord. I don't agree with them. But the thing is, there are those who like to store up, you know, everything. I see our Lord say, occupy till I come. He's saying, do the work of the Lord, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep watching, I'm going to keep waiting, and I'm going to, to be the faithful servant, you've got to keep working. And I want to stay focused on the things of the Lord. So just keep encouraging her, her in those things um, and showing her scripture that uh, Jesus said that he can come back at any time. He promised to take us out of and away from the hour of tribulation. He has not come back. 
that uh, is going to be very evident in the second coming of Jesus Christ, and that will take place at the end of the tribulation period. And maybe do a study with her uh, through uh, one of the Calvary teachers. Uh, we have the book of Revelation on our website, uh, you know, uh, a good study in the book of Revelation that takes you through what's going to take place in the tribulation period and to know that it's, it hasn't happened. Those who hold on to the preterist view, and there's a lot of them out there, that they believe that everything took place by 70 A.D. when Titus came into Jerusalem and destroyed Jerusalem. We, You can show them verses that the tribulation, even as we're going through the book of Isaiah, that the day of the Lord is going to affect the whole world. Even as Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, not just Jerusalem. So there's a lot of holes in the teachings that they give that you can sure bring corrections spiritually. But I believe that the Lord wants us to be watching for him and that we're going to be uh, taken out of and away from the hour of tribulation. Um, and we're going to be uh, with the Lord uh, before he pours out his wrath on a Christ-rejected world. Right. I agree with that as well. And like I said, I've, we've been having these discussions for probably the last month now, and she keeps sending me all these doctrines, trying to show me that, you know, church isn't on, you know, Sundays, you're supposed to go on Saturday, and she keeps sending me all these do- doctrines back to way back when, and I'm going, okay, this is just basically what I told her. I said, this is blah, blah, blah to me. I said, because I don't believe any of it. And I said, and not that it's not, you know, interesting to read the way that different religions and everything else think and their point of views, but I just don't believe it. And it's not something that I can ever believe. And I hold tight to my beliefs and, you know, and I, my understanding and She's just trying to convince me otherwise, and I just keep telling her, no, you're not going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, can you tell me real quick what you're thankful for? I am thankful for God, my family, and all the blessings that he's given us. We've been very blessed because of him. Yeah, Father, I pray for Penny and David. Say, minister, um, Lord, give them wisdom. Give them the words to say. Thank you for their call. Thank you for uh, them just looking for the blessed hope, the return of our Lord. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You bet. You have a great Thanksgiving. You too, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Let's go to Michael in Denver. Michael? Hello, Pastor. Hello, Pastor. How are you? God bless you. Maranatha. Yeah, exactly. Come quickly, Lord. Um, I have a, I have a question, okay, about okay. Uh, the transformation of from one body that we have on earth to the body that uh, the Bible talks about. I think it's in Revelations, uh, where and it talks about where we will be seen or known as us. We'll have a, a new body. And that we will be seen as we are, or something like that. Can you shed some light on on that subject? Um, yeah, I absolutely can. I think what you're thinking of, Michael, is in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, where it says, "For now we see in a mirror dimly." 
but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Is that the verse that you're thinking of? I'm talking about the body that we're going to have when we are, when the Lord comes and we're, okay. we're taken out in rapture. Okay, that's First Corinthians 13. Paul, I think, is telling us that, you know, when we go to heaven, we're going to know one another. But then in First Corinthians 15, he talks about the resurrection. And the resurrection deals with not only eternal life, but eternal life and a new heavenly body. And so he tells us in that chapter, it's the longest chapter in First Corinthians, because Jesus rose from the grave, and that's the very foundation of our faith. Right, Michael? Uh, yes, that Jesus bodily rose from the grave, not just spiritually. There are those out there that will say, well, he spiritually rose. No, he bodily rose from the grave, and the tomb is empty. There's no body that is there. And we know that because Jesus rose from the grave, we have the promise that we are going to be resurrected. And so the the body that we have is, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42, that the resurrection of the dead, the body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. And so he's telling us that it is a celestial body, uh, that it's a heavenly body. He says that there are celestial bodies, there are celestial bodies, but the glory of the celestial, the heavenly is one. The glory of the terrestrial is another. That's earthly bodies. So what's going to happen at the time of the rapture for us Christians, at the sound of the trumpet, and he says in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So that's what he's telling us in that chapter. He also confirms it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as he talks about how this tent, our body's earthly house, is destroyed when we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. So he talks about the resurrection, which is an incredible thing. And it will happen, and we'll have heavenly bodies that will never be sick, diseased, will know one another um, as we are in heaven and uh, it's going it's to be wonderful. Uh, I, I hope I, I hope the body I, the Lord gives me at that time is better than what I got now, because I'm 60 uh, years uh, old. I'm an old fat uh, man with with, uh, with issues, and I do not sure. like this body. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I want to be a whole lot more pleasing to to look at. Yeah, and here's the thing that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writes, For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. I'm like you. The older I get, the more I groan. And these bodies are wearing out, and they eventually will wear out. But, you know, the heavenly bodies will never wear out, never be sick or diseased. And we get a little bit of a hint, Michael, from, the you know, Jesus when he resurrected from the grave. At times he was unrecognizable. At times they did recognize him. He went through, you know, the doorway, you know, it was closed and he came right on in. Uh, But yet he was able to eat with them. So it's kind of interesting what our resurrected bodies are going to be like, especially when we move into the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. We are going to be in our glorified bodies, and there's going to be people here on earth in the millennium reign that will be in their their earthly bodies. Just to kind of 
you know, know there's going to be a difference. And, and so those are all interesting things to think about. Well, there's one more thing. I was reading in First Corinthians today. <clears throat> I forget what chapter it was. And Paul was talking about the, thing, the things that he taught, the important things that he taught uh, about uh, that the Lord that the Lord taught him. That he was talking, he was teaching it to the letter to the uh, to his church to the church, and and it was talking about how we are being how we are being saved. Um, I forget what chapter it's in, and I, I was reading it as like. I thought, okay, I, I thought I, I was thinking, I thought I was already saved, but it's a present tense. It's in present tense. We are being saved. He was addressing right. that church, and I thought right. about it, and it came to my mind, to my mind that when the Lord shed His blood on the cross, He redeemed us, so so that we could have that special loving relationship with the Father, and but. We're being, but we're being saved daily. And then I went to uh, Philippians what two two twelve, I, I think mm-hmm. it is about where it says to work out where we are to work out our our salvation in fear with fear and trembling. I'm thinking, right. well, I, I'm finally getting it. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing, Michael. I'm going to read to you as Paul writes to the Corinthian church, and he talks about, um, you know. Uh, that such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, that is, you were set apart, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. There is that salvation as we are set apart um, for him. We are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, but then there is sanctifying a process that takes place daily as we're being set apart for him and conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. And Paul's writing about that as he says, therefore, work out, you know, uh, your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's not saying work for your salvation. He's saying now that you are saved, as he's talking about, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ there in the Philippians, that, you know, just be one that submitted to the Lord, humble before the Lord, because he just got through talking about humility, and that's what he means by working out your salvation. And it's right what you said uh, Michael, that it's a day-by-day walk with him and yielding to him and being in submission to him. And that's all part of the sanctification process. Well, I don't believe that I have to do anything in physical works to work out my salvation. It's, as I've been reading in the Word, it's coming down. I'm starting to understand it. It's yeah. obedience, and here, it's, it's it, obedience it, to him and his, and his authority as God. And my yeah, as my it, heavenly Father, my obedience right. to Him, and honoring Him as God, most merciful, most gracious, all powerful, Creator of all things. And, you know, right. And here, here's the thing, Michael and Paul. Again, I'll emphasize: He did not say work for your salvation, because there's no works that we can do. Jesus cried from the cross; it is finished. He did the work, but He said, "Work out your salvation. Just keep walking with Him." And, you know, take your Christianity serious. This is a great salvation, and we don't play games with our salvation or with our Christianity. So, hey, we're getting ready to go to break. Michael, can you tell me what you're thankful for? Well, I'm a 60-year-old homeless man who lives in his car. I'm thankful that God gets me up every day, 
lets me keep walking with even though my legs give me problems, my back gives me problems. I still get up. I'm able to walk around and move around, still breathing, and and God is on the throne and taking care of me. All right. Okay. Father, I pray for Michael. I know he's called during this year several times. He's, he's um, Lord, very valuable to you. I pray that you would continue to sustain him, grow him, bless him in every way. And, Lord, I just lift him up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Michael. Can I, can I say a quick, a very quick prayer for you? Sure, absolutely. We got 30 seconds. Father, bless Pastor and his program and all, the, and all the godly men that come on there and give godly advice out of your word. Bless them all, bless their families, and bless their churches. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank, thank you, Michael. Hey, we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So blessed that you're tuned in to today's program. I am Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I am very thankful to be with you and to be a part of this program. I want you to give me a call if you'd like to uh, ask a question about the Bible or Christian living, you can do so at 303-690-3000. We have some open lines, but Dominic from Lakewood has been holding for a little bit, so let's go to Dominic. Dominic, you're on Calvary Live. Dominic, you with us? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, hi, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> How are you, Dominic? I know you've been holding. Thanks for holding. Oh, no worries. Uh, yeah, thank you for taking my call. Um, you bet. I, I just wanted to uh, give you a little, or give our brother and sister that called in a little bit earlier about the rapture. Uh, yeah. I'll give you and them a little uh, scriptural support on that, too. Um, uh, uh, from the Old Testament, actually, so kind of a foreshadowing of, of what was, or what is to come. But uh, uh, how God... Um, moved Lot out of the way before Sodom and Gomorrah were judged in Genesis chapter 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, r- removing his people before uh, judgment, uh, just how he will remove us uh, with the rapture before the plagues uh, are poured, uh, poured out. Right. And, you know, that was the verse I was thinking of. It's kind of interesting that, um, that you bring that uh, verse up. And it is uh, um, in actually chapter 19, I believe. And he's trying to get him the, out of the city, right? Oh, and right, right. Yeah, I believe he's it's saying, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Chapter 19. Um, and it's interesting. I'm going to read it to you in verse 21. So the angel said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken um, as he says, that I cannot do anything until you are out of the city. And so we see here that what he's saying to them is that um, that I, I can't bring judgment until I get you out. And, of course, we know that Lot's called righteous Lot. 
And and I think that's a picture that he will take the righteous out of and away from the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. Another interesting verse that uh, I was going to share with them, and it's from uh, Isaiah chapter 26 from the Old Testament, because sometimes we forget that the Old Testament also, I think, gives us a picture and some verses concerning the, the, the rapture of the church. But in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 20, uh, Come, my people, and enter your chambers and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. For the Lord, uh, behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. Their earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. So here is talking about that there's going to be punishment upon the whole earth. And he says that, come, my people, enter your chambers, shut the door behind you, hide yourself, as it were, for a moment. I think we're going to be in heaven as he pours out his wrath on a Christ-rejected world. Isn't that fascinating? That is, that is. And, uh, yeah, I'm in complete agreement. So, that, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Hey, Dominic, can you tell me what you're thankful for? Absolutely. Uh I guess uh, most of all, I've been reflecting, and, and I'm very thankful uh, for my salvation. I'm just thankful yeah. that the Lord saved me from uh, what I once was and has brought me out of that. And uh, just, it's so faithful, so I'm just thankful for the Lord's grace. Yeah, me too. Amen. Hey, you have a great Thanksgiving, all right? You as well. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. You bet. Thanks for calling, Dominic. All right, we have open lines, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Let's go to Dorothy in Platteville. Dorothy? Yeah. How are you? you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. You got a question for me? Yeah, my question is, um, when God created Adam and Eve, um, Mm -hmm. did he create them as giants because Adam named all the animals, including the dinosaurs? Yeah, not that I know of that he created them giants. We know that the Old Testament talks of giants, but we don't know, um, you know, it doesn't say that he created them as giants. Uh, All I can say is that he created Adam and he said this is good. So that's what we know about Adam. And then he created Eve, of course, uh, out of the dust and out of the uh, rib from Adam came Eve. That's the best I can do with that. Yeah, my husband had that question, so I had to ask it. <laughs> other, I, I have well, another I, I think... question too about about the salvation. Um, like uh-huh. about, I have another question about. Sure, um, go ahead. Okay, uh, my question is like sometimes you know I wonder, um, like I see people who are just so strong in in their faith and stuff, and they're just so glad that when they die they're going to go to heaven. And right. I don't have a lot of that security. Sometimes I get fearful of death. And I was wondering what maybe I am lacking that I have that fear of death. Sometimes I think my biggest fear is leaving my family uh, behind. Yeah, and, and that can be something that can weigh on us. Uh, we shouldn't fear death in, because we know we're going to go to heaven. And Paul kind of, uh, he mentions that. We were talking about the resurrection on the show. Uh, if you're able to listen, I know that you're holding for a little bit. But he writes about how, uh, we're going to get these new heavenly bodies when we go to heaven. And he, he writes this. I'm going to read it to you. 
So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? And O Haiti, where is your victory? And the sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He talks about, where's your sting, O death? But then we also know that Paul would talk about in the book of Philippians, he said, for me to die is gain. Uh, There's a gain in dying. And, uh, you know, we can worry about maybe our families being left behind, but Paul, he felt that as well. In Philippians chapter 1, he says, not only is it for me to die is gain, because I get to go be with Jesus, uh, I'm between two straits, whether to go home to be with the Lord or stay here with you, which would be better for you. And he was just wanting to be in the Lord's will. So he also had that concern. So you don't have to be uh, afraid of death. Oh, death is the process that we will go through unless we get raptured to make it to heaven and to go to heaven and to receive that promise of eternity. And we don't have to fear death, but be praying for those uh, that are around you. The the most important thing you want to do is, while you can, to serve them, to give them the gospel, to give them the love of Jesus Christ. I know for me that the greatest thing I can do for my family is try to leave that godly legacy and inheritance to them. Uh, but I don't fear death. I look forward to heaven. I, I really do. I, I look forward to being able to go home and be with the Lord. And I can't wait till we're all together, Dorothy. It's going to yeah. be a wonderful time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Day by day with him, you know, looking for the blessed hope, you know, looking for eternity. Uh, I, I think of what Paul writes in Second Corinthians. He would write that, that I saw heaven, he saw paradise, and he saw things that were inexpressible. It's going to be so glorious, and it's going to be so wonderful. And Jesus, I'm going to give you one more verse, okay, because it just kind of popped in my head. But I think that this may be of help, that Jesus said this in John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So the Lord says to you right now, don't be troubled. All right? Okay. He's prepared a place for you. Yeah, and it's going to be so (laughs) glorious. Okay, can you tell me, uh, Dorothy, what you're thankful for? You know, I'm really thankful and grateful that I have family. Uh, My family is my, my, I guess, my pride and joy, and I just am so grateful for family. And I'm really grateful for God that he he gives me a chance for salvation that I have. I have nothing Mm -hmm. to worry about as long as I received him as my Lord and Savior. I have a place right. in heaven with him, yeah. Yeah, keep your eyes on him. Very good, Dorothy. You have a very blessed Thanksgiving. You do the same. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The number to call is 303-690-3000. I'd love to talk with you. You can let me know what you're thankful for in this season of Thanksgiving. Let's go to Anthony in Baltimore. Anthony? Uh, hi, Pastor. How you doing? Good. How are you, Anthony? I'm doing great. Um, well, I'm currently living in uh, Baltimore, but I, I'm from Missouri originally. Uh, I have a house there. Um, my uh, This is kind of a long story. I'm trying to keep it short. 
Uh, as okay. a kid growing up, my, my parents uh, always took in um, other family members, uh, transients, and you know people who were down on their luck. Uh, they would always stay at our house. Um, and they would take care of them. That's just a normal thing, a uh, Christian household, you know, uh, that's just what they did. Um, but, of course, with that, when you take in people like that, a, a lot of times they steal or they do drugs, uh, all kinds of different things, and uh, uh, they are disabled now, so they're staying in my home in Missouri, and they're allowing the same people to come in, and, uh, of course, they're taking care of them, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, sometimes they get caught doing drugs or uh, right. they'll steal things and you know my parents have to reprimand them and we have to go through that all the time so i know right. biblically we're supposed to always forgive and uh you know how many times do you forgive your brother you always forgive right. you know and uh so where, where's the balance where we get you know where somebody's taking advantage of you of your kindness and your love um and then you know when do you say like hey uh, you got to move out or you got to get out because uh, my parents are disabled and they can't with this kind of thing, you know. Right. And it's always a difficult thing because you want to help people. And it sounds like your parents have just had a lifetime of helping people and those who are down. And we're very blessed to have those. But one of the things is there is a difference between helping people and then enabling people. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there are those who will take advantage of others who are trying to help. Uh, trying to you know give them a place where they can start over, have a place of safety and security, and there isn't you know I can't tell you exactly where the line is, but if it's something that they start taking advantage of, they refuse to change, they refuse to live by the rules, then enough is enough. And mm-hmm. I know for for me is. Um, for my home, you know, I'm responsible for what goes on in my home and stuff. And it's not a matter of forgiving. It's a matter of, you know, are you really helping them? Are, are you just enabling them to continue in their sin? And, mm-hmm. and I, I t- talk to parents all the time that, you know, they're, they're children. They love their children. They're in trouble. They, they maybe have difficulties with drugs or whatever, and they come into the home and they lie and they steal and they lie and they steal. And it's just a process that keeps going on. And what can happen is they fall into uh, the trap of just enabling them to continue in that lifestyle and to continue in their sin rather than saying, you cannot do this. This is not allowed here. And um, if it doesn't change, then you're going to have to go live somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. so that's, it's perfectly for me, I think acceptable to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, they're not to be a doormat to be walked all over. Yeah, certainly. I, I, I don't think that, I mean, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard line cause there's, it is definitely the part where you're trying to, uh, help and love and, uh, you know, you want, and of course we don't allow, we don't allow drugs or we don't allow those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but they happen. And you have to, and we, we always um, attack those issues when they happen. You know, we don't allow it. Um, right. When we found, right. we found drugs before and we've, we've removed them and, uh, you know, told them, you know, if it happens again, you're going to leave and threaten. But, uh, you know, it, it, with, with some people, it's just, uh, they just don't stop. They don't know when to stop. So Yeah. Um, and I, I think, Anthony, what may help is, is, is to give some clarity and understanding mm-hmm. of, 
you know, this is the rules as you take in, and this mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. And if you violate them, there's nothing wrong with giving a second chance, third chance. I mean, the Lord does that with us, but when mm-hmm. there's a habitual, continual uh, breaking of those rules or, um, you know, just neglecting them or taking advantage, mm-hmm. you you know when you're being taken advantage of. Uh, then those those are times where you may need to make that decision, like you said, of saying enough is enough. Yep. yep. It's all through prayer. And you know what? The Lord will give you, Colossians 3 says, will give you a peace that uh, will rule in your heart. You'll just have a peace about it. And it doesn't mean you stop caring for them or praying for them, but it just it can't continue on, especially with your parents being elderly. Mm-hmm. Certainly. So can I, can I awesome. pray for you, Anthony? Yes, of course. Pray for your parents. Father, I just pray for Anthony. I thank you for his call. Uh, it sounds like his parents are awesome parents that just have opened their home up to those who are down and out and uh, been very gracious. And we are thankful for your gracious um, patience with us. But, Lord, I just pray that you give Anthony, his parents, just wisdom uh, when it's time to depart. Uh, ways from somebody who perhaps is taking advantage of them, who um, is just being enabled in their sin. You know the circumstances. You know all that's going on. So I just pray for protection upon them. I pray for uh, you to speak to their hearts, give them a peace that passes understanding, a peace that rules in their hearts, making these decisions that you would speak to them and be that voice saying, this is the way, uh, walk in it, and Lord, to be able to do that um, so, Lord, give them the wisdom they need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, you have a great Thanksgiving. You too. All right. Let's go to Bianca in Aurora. Hi, Bianca. How are you doing? I am good. How are you, Bianca? Well, I'm just really thankful with the Lord right now. Good. Um, the Lord has recently answered a lot of prayers I've had in the past few weeks and even months. Oh, great. That's, and that's I just cannot express to the Lord just how thankful I am with his, I know sometimes it's been financial support he helped me with, and sometimes it's been other things he's blessed me with, and I know it's all because of him, and right. and I'm sure others have been praying for me, too, every time I have called in to ask prayer for financial support or whatever it was and and I I just wanted to reflect on just how great the Lord is and and I guess just encourage everyone out there that has unanswered prayers to just keep praying because the Lord will answer. And even if it 
seems like nothing's really happening right now. I know that things will begin to happen soon, and the Lord will really begin to make himself known through whatever it is you're going through. So, So don't give up and be persistent and keep praying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Bianca, when you're talking, it reminds me, I read that Psalm of Thanksgiving, Psalm 100, but (laughs) as you're talking, it reminds me of Psalm 105. I read it yesterday, but (laughs) the psalmist writes, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name and make known his deeds among the peoples. That's what you're doing right now. And sing to him, (laughs) sing psalms to him and talk of all his wondrous works. And again, you're just bringing glory to the Lord, glory in his holy name, the psalmist writes, um, talking of his wonderful works, his faithfulness. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord and seek the Lord in his strength and seek his face evermore. So I just want to add to what you say and what you've um, said in your comments, seek the Lord, continue to seek the Lord and to just sing to him, give praises to him, be thankful to him. And you're going to see the Lord work. He works for good. And that's something that I want to remind all our listeners, because I just I just feel like this is a word for somebody out there. That sometimes <laughs> we think the Lord is not working or that he's working yeah. for bad. That's what Jacob thought. He can do no evil. He does not <laughs> lie. And he is working for good. And so we can stand on that promise that he works all things for good for those who love him who are called according to his purposes. So thank you, Bianca. Yes, and I'm also just thankful for all my friends that have come alongside me whenever I've been down, because I know that that one person can't do anything alone, but with several people it can really make things easier, and I know I've fallen down several times, spiritually speaking, and and I know there have been friends that, and even people I don't really know that have just come alongside me and encouraged me all those times I've been down, and, right. and so Praise the Lord for that. Pray, praise the Lord. Thanks, well, Bianca. Thanks a lot. Have a great rest of your day. Okay. You have a great Thanksgiving. Always good to hear from Bianca. Let's go to Mark in Colorado Springs. Mark? Hey, hey how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I just got a new house, and my next-door okay. neighbor is a Jehovah Witness. Okay. And I had the prev- privilege of having him over while I was working in the garage for about two hours last night. And mm-hmm. we had a great conversation. But I don't know a lot about Jehovah Witnesses. The things that he was telling me, um, of course, is weird to me. Like, um, right. um, Michael the Archangel is Jesus, which right. I don't understand, and things like that. So I was hoping you could recommend a book that I could read right. that would help me minister to him. Right. And 
what the Jehovah Witnesses believe of Jesus is different than what the Bible declares concerning Jesus. They believe that Jesus is a created being, the first and only direct creation of God, um, and the agent through which Jehovah made all other things. And um, they believe that he's Michael the Archangel. Uh, He was raised from the dead, not in a physical body, but as a mighty spirit creature. They denied a bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, which we've already talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul says, if you don't believe that Jesus rose bodily from the grave, then we're still in our sins. We have no hope. Uh, They believe that the second coming of Jesus was invisible, uh, spiritual presence that began in 1914. Uh, We talked about that on the show as well, that uh, Jesus said when he comes back, it's not going to be invisible, it's not going to be in secret, that every eye shall see him. It'll be like lightning flashing from the east to the west. Uh, It's going to be known to everyone. He's going to come in great glory and in great power. So the Jehovah Witnesses really uh, neglect the Scriptures, what it has to say truth concerning Jesus, the return of the Lord. So a good book, a good book, because there's there's a number of cults that are out there, but uh, a good book by Ron Rhodes, he writes different books on how to witness to a Jehovah Witness, how to witness to a Mormon, how to witness to you know somebody who's in Islam. So Ron Rhodes, you can... Uh, look up. I don't know if you go to a church that has a bookstore, but here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we have a bookstore where we have Ron Rhodes, uh, his books, um, that how you can minister it, it, to a Jehovah it, Witness. How do you spell his last name? It's R-H-O-D-E-S. Robe. Okay. Okay. Rhodes. All right. Yeah. Okay. And All you right. can look up if you have a computer— you can look up Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministry. That's what he oversees. Okay. All and right. he gives, he gives, he's got all kinds of books. He's an author. Um, and also another book that I have in my library that I go to a lot is called The Kingdom of the Cults. And it has been out for a long time. The late Dr. Walter Martin wrote it. But the latest edition is by Ravi Zacharias, uh, R-A-V-I. Okay. Yeah, I know Ravi very well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he may have some. He's an apologist, made some resources yeah. as well. So there's a lot of good resources out there, but Ron Rhodes is a good one to go to. It's by a book that will be easy to read, uh, give you the, the, the real basics of what the Jehovah Witnesses believe in, and give you um, some good answers and how to minister to them. All right? All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, you bet. Hey, Mark, and one other thing. The Lord yeah. put you there in that new home so you can be a light to your neighbor. Oh, I know that. I love to evangelize the people. And I, I mean, That's I just great. love, I've done it to Mormons, and but I've never experienced a Jehovah Witness. So I'm really excited yeah. about it. So I'm, I'm like, glad yeah. you are. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> That's great. Hey, can I pray for you real quick? Yes, absolutely. Father, I pray for Mark, and I, I thank you for his call. He encourages me, and I hope it encourages everybody else that has a neighbor, whether they're Jehovah Witness or an unbeliever or whatever, to be a light and a witness of Jesus Christ. And uh, I thank you for Mark and his excitement, and we should be excited 
to be able to give the message of the gospel to others. And I pray that you give him wisdom, that you would just uh, touch the heart of his neighbor, that his eyes would open up to see who Jesus really is, the Jesus of the Bible. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Hey, Amen. have a good Thanksgiving, Mark. God bless you. You too. God bless you. Bye. Uh-huh. Hey, we've been so busy with calls. I, I just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving as we're getting to the end of the show. Uh, we're going to have a Thanksgiving Eve service tomorrow at Calvary Chapel Greeley, and we have a pie social, so I'd love to meet you. Come on out. We'll have worship. We're going to have a short teaching from the Psalms on Thanksgiving, and then we're going to have pie together, and it's a wonderful time. So this is your personal invitation to come on out to Calvary Chapel Greeley. We're easy to find, just a couple blocks west of Texas Roadhouse on 27th Street, and 7 o'clock is the service. Love for you to come out and see us and to meet you and your family. It's a family service, and we do have a nursery that's going to be provided. But come out and see us if, uh, for Thanksgiving Eve and have some pie, and we're just going to give thanks to the Lord. And again, to remind all of us on this Thanksgiving season, and we'll be entering into the Christmas season, that we have so much to be thankful for having the Lord And what my prayer is, is that you and your family will have a blessed Thanksgiving and that every day we will be thankful. It's so important for us as Christians to be thankful. And that causes us, as we are thankful in our hearts, to give praise to him. It causes us to rejoice in him. And it causes us to just keep looking to him. So God bless you. Thank you all who called in but was a part of this show. And have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.